Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Uh, welcome everybody, welcome all. Uh, tonight on the show we've got great amounts of stories and it's the Christmas show. Yay, I hear you say, but we're not going to sing any carols. Oh, maybe Warlock might if we uh, ask him Silver nicely. bells, silver bells, <laughs> it's Christmas time you guys. So you can't stop him once he starts. <laughs> so, uh, Alright, so we've got, a, we've got heaps of stories for you tonight. We've got a, we've got a, a guest from another show on, so we'll introduce him in a second. At, uh, but, but listen, thanks for joining us all, on the, whether you're listening to us on Phase FM 104.5 or through the uh, traditional podcast downloaded through iTunes uh, or on the video at, uh, on the YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can listen to us live for the recording of the show and that's at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live, which is Thursday nights at 7.30pm Queensland time. So let's get on with the show. Let's talk to that Jingle Bell rock person first because he is on the... He is, he is ready to go. Hey. Warlock slash Jason, how you going? Hey, Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Now, this is this is your final week before your little hi- three-week hiatus. Three-week holiday, yep. Driving all up and down the coast, east coast of Australia. Good work, good stuff. That sounds like a, a good break. So, uh, yeah, so enjoy it tonight. And, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll miss you. We'll miss you as well. We'll wish you Merry Christmas yeah. at the end. <laughs> now, uh, our other regular host is uh, Shane. How you doing, Shane? I'm doing well, guys. It sounds like you've been into the eggnog already, Glenn. Oh, there's no, no, just the uh, Coke Zero. <laughs> that, that's what enough. did you call me? <laughs> yeah, that's enough for me at this early stage of the of the show, anyway. Uh, so, how are you going, Shane? You got the you got the Merry Christmas Christmas spirit going there behind you with the green screen with the the, the big sign up. That's good. Yeah, yeah, trying to get into the, into the spirit as early and as and as festively as I can. Good stuff. And uh, look, we do have another we do have another uh, regular or semi-regular host coming on. Uh, he's going to join us in a little bit if he can get his uh, computer working. But uh, until then, we're going to say g'day to Jason from the Aussie Max Zone. Hi, Jace. How you doing? Hey, Glenn. Hey, everyone. And joining you from a very warm Adelaide uh, today where we hit 43. So uh, we certainly are into summer and uh, I guess that's to be expected for an Aussie Christmas. So. Oh, yes. That is very hot. It is very hot. Forty-three. So forty-three. That was the, that was what met around midday or something like that. That is massively yeah, hot. Yeah, in, in the early afternoon. So the uh, warmest December day in eighty odd years. Oh wow. Wow, that's that's uh, that's going crazy. All right, now the show is brought to you and uh, powered by Aussie Techhead Web Hosting at athwebhosting.com.au. And if you want to jump in and get yourself a nice little host, why not get a hosting package for Christmas? That'd be great. That'd be great. You can pay by the month if you wish. You don't have to fork out for a whole year. You can do a monthly plan, all that sort of stuff. And it's uh, from five ninety five for a nice little nice little uh, plan. Yeah, cool. All right, now uh, Shane, we'll go back to Shane. He's got his tech history thing that he does. And he's going to tell you guys, he's going to tell you uh, what happened this week in over the past years. Shane, take it away. All right, I will. December 16, 1935. This is courtesy of um, Tom Merritt and his chronology of tech, by the way, for those who are keeping score. Uh, December 16, 1935. Time magazine article described the use of the, of the pattern of capillaries in the retina as oh. a means of identification called eye prints. Hello, biometrics. Yes. December 16. Now, are we going to discuss as we go or do you yeah. want me to just keep rattling through them? I just had nothing to talk about with that one. Okay. <laughs> yes. uh, December 16, 1947. Onward. Job Bardeen and Walter Brutain applied, uh, applied two closely spaced gold contacts held in place by a plastic wedge to the surface of a small slab of high-purity germanium 
it was later called the transistor. Well, there you go. Yeah, he, that, that's a good invention, wasn't it? Yes. It was. And yes, that later on introduced Moore's Law and all that kind of stuff. But that's a whole different topic. Yeah. December 16, again, another busy day. Creative Commons finally launched, unveiling machine-readable copyright licenses and a revamped website. Right, back in 2002. So as you know, this, this show is under the Creative Commons and there's a lot of other... Uh, material out there and there's a lot of other Creative Commons stuff on the net which you can find a lot of at uh, archive.org so you go to there archive.org and there's a heap of stuff uh, and uh, most of the podcasts uh, you might be familiar with uh, Leo Laporte and his Twit network that is all Creative Commons and Creative Commons is just a a form of of copyright uh, which is not say not a formal copyright if that makes any sense, so uh, it's like it, it gives copyright to the people who may otherwise, I don't know, can't afford to take out a copyright. Is that how you would explain it, um, Warlock? Would that be uh, the copy, best? copyright is uh, free, but um, as soon as you put copyright on something, then it's copyright written. But um, Creative Commons is gives you the copyright, but it allows people to make derivative works of it. So they could do a mix or a mashup, or put it in a video, whatever they want to do. Uh, so long as they preferably give you um, credit for the original one, but right. um, that's not always uh, the case. But uh, it's recommended that you do. But yeah, and, 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 and usually, you. yeah, and usually not to profit from uh, doing that, of course, as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. So there's, yeah, different... there's different levels of Creative Commons. There's ones where you've got to, yeah, you've got to contribute or you've got to uh, attribute the work to the originator. Then there's the one where you're allowed to actually make changes. Um, there's different sort of Creative Commons common rights you. That's right. And that's why, obviously, I make a point of mentioning that this segment's courtesy of Tom Merritt. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of, like, as I said, as I mentioned before, the Leo and his Twit network, like, you are actually able to, uh, because he is under the Creative Commons, you are able to actually rebroadcast his show. Uh, however, he does, because of the Creative Commons section that he's under, he just wants... He or he he wants you to do the whole show, make no alterations to the show, and uh, probably if you if you're putting his work into a show, then you've got to uh, attribute his acknowledge his uh, that he's the creator and all that sort of stuff. But uh, look, that's I, the word I was looking for. Yeah. So where where is that Creative Commons? Is it CreativeCommons.org? Is that that is that the address? It's yeah. something like that. If you want to uh, Google that, you can uh, have a go. All right, keep going, Shane. Please. Uh, yes. Orville Wright successfully made a flight in a heavier-than-air machine that took off from level ground under its own power and was controlled during flight. It's generally considered as the first aeroplane flight, which happened on December 17, 1903. That's a while ago too, isn't it? Yeah. 110 years uh, ago. December 17, 1997, John Barker coined the term weblog to describe the list of links on a site robot on his site robot wisdom peter merholz later shortened it to just blog oh thanks pete you've done us all done us all a favor so, uh <laughs> next one uh, shane uh december 18 1997 html 4.0 was recommended and published by the World Wide web consortium or the w3c uh it offered the strict transitional and frame set variations and de deprecated many of the Netscape's visual tags in favour of CSS. Hmm, nice work. Uh, yeah, so HTML4, What the, you might hear the, the terms HTML5 and all that sort of stuff bandied around. That's just natural progression of... Oh, where am I? It's just the natural progression of the, the HTML standards that are set for internet browsers and how they interpret the code that they're, they're asked to interpret. How they're supposed to interpret it. Thank you, Microsoft. <coughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've been a bit better over the years, though, haven't they? Really? They've got a little well, bit Niners, Niners making a comeback, but they still have to have a compatibility modes. Compatibility, yeah. which means we'll screw it up like we used to and display it how it's, we made you write it mm. instead of how it should have been. Um, yes, thank you. And Shane? How many, how many more you got? Well, uh, better do two uh, more. I've only got two. Oh, good. Two more. <laughs> December 19, 1974, the Altair 8800 microcomputer from Micro Instrumentation tele Telemetry Systems in Albuquerque, New Mexico, went on sale. For three, for 439, you got everything you needed uh, to build a computer in one kit boasting 256 bytes 
of memory and they're the um, PCs or the computers that are usually behind, mm. um, what's his name? Steve Gibson in um, Security Now. Now, just a quick shout out there to Sepp. Hi, Sepp. And everyone who listens to the show since episode one would know who Sepp was. Thank you. Next one, Shane. <laughs> December 20, 1996, Apple announced it would acquire Next Computer and bring co-founder Steve Jobs back to the company he left in 1985. Oh, there you go, eh? Yeah, good stuff. That's uh, that's what's happened this week in, uh, in tech history. So I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks, Shane. So... Um, now you're you're gonna continue these over the Christmas break. Are you? Or uh, are you on holidays? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You're, um. Yeah. I guess we'll have a have a chat unless you've already made the decision about what we're doing next week. No. Oh, yeah. Not that. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about that later then. But um, what will happen? I'll, I'll look. I'll do that at the end of the show. What's going on next week? That'll wrap it up nicely. But until. But for now, we're going to uh, ne- after the break. We're going to talk about Microsoft. We're going to talk about Apple and heaps of other stuff. So we'll be back in a sec. All right, uh, welcome back. Now, just before the break, you said we're, go- we're going to talk about Microsoft. I've got a few stories. Now, look, I don't know um, uh, where, where are my stories. There they are. Yeah, well, let me get the first story out. Well, actually, what we might do, well, let's start from the top, and we'll, we'll talk to Jace because he's, he's from the Mac zone, and he knows a bit about Apple. So we'll talk to him about the Mac Pro because I know he's just hanging to get one, aren't you, Jace? Uh, so the Apple Mac Pro. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, Glenn. I just was on the Apple store ordering my uh, Mac Pro. Uh, you, you were saying something? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that you were the guru, the Mac Pro guru. You were going to go out and buy five of them. Uh, what, what's what's the go with the Mac Pro? Are they for sale yet, or, or what are they doing? They're taking their time. Well, yes, they were due to be released in December, and uh, given we're rolling on now to the nineteenth. Uh, uh, they have, in fact, gone on sale today, and uh, there was much excitement not more than a few hours ago when the Apple Store opened up. famously <laughs> well went down. Everyone gets excited. There's something <laughs> new coming, and it uh, opened up, and sure enough, there is now Mac Pros available for order. And they, uh, does the, uh, having a play around before, there's uh, yeah, they're not going to be for the, I guess, uh, day-to-day user, the uh, fully maxed out Mac Pro uh, comes in at a cool twelve thousand dollars. Oh, that that's completely maxed. That's the one you're getting. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's Are got twelve cores, sixty-four gig of memory, and the the terabyte. Um, so they got the uh, PCIe uh, flash um, storage on there. So I guess as you expect for a Pro model, it's all the all, all, all the top top stuff. Yeah, so I think the starting price is three Australian three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, and you're available for order from today. Uh, so it's jump in there right now. You'll be able to order one. Now, its unique design limits the amount of internal storage, uh, so dropping it from its predecessor from twelve terabytes down to a one terabyte. So that's a big drop. But however, compensating for that is the Thunderbolt two high-speed ten gigabit bandwidth peripheral interface. Whew. Now, for creative, for the creative professionals that need more than the terabyte of SSD, uh, yeah. So look, I've just flashed up on the for those of you guys on the video. That there's the uh, Mac Pro there. That's a cylindrical looking device, which is, looks pretty pretty cool. If you haven't seen one, well, why don't you jump on Google and Google Mac Pro? Because you'll you'll just be there going, wowzers, looks pretty good. Now it's look, certainly going to have the horsepower there to. Uh Render your videos very fast and do all those kind of pro type things. But uh, I guess the interesting thing is, and there's still a lot of debate and discussion around the fact that where you want all the storage, it's, it is going to have to be delivered via Thunderbolt mm. rather than with the old cheese grater style Mac Pros where you could open them up and uh, they had the drive bays in and you could you know, go right. and buy a off the shelf drive slot in there and you know, boost up your storage to a, a, a reasonable level. So mm. it's a bit of a bit of a change and I guess there's uh, there's people in the pro and con camp around, uh, you know, this way that Apple's decided to go. But in typical Apple fashion, it's like, well, we've decided this is the uh, this is the way the that's way best go. and uh, this mm. is, Screw you. I guess, going, it's be <laughs> interesting to see, yeah, what... Uh, uh, what uh, what people do with uh, with the adoption of this. And now, one of the things that uh, they've got a lot of debate about at the moment is this one, the um, Thunderbolt and also the MacBook, Pro, the Mac Pro supports 4K video, but uh, Apple's not selling any 4K uh, monitors yet. 
So everyone, no. uh, and infamously, I think, I think um, Dell does. Last, I think last week, well, like uh, the UK Apple Store had up for one day a sharp 4K monitor, and then it yeah. came down. So, <laughs> not sure what that was all, all, all about. But yeah, there was much um, discussion around potentially a, a new, maybe 30 30 inch Apple monitor and yeah. it being 4K, but that's still yet to be seen. Yeah, because there's going to be doing a lot of uh, video editing on this because that's uh, who it's marketed mainly towards. And uh, a lot of the video they're going to be recording now is going to be in 4K. They're, uh, re they really need the screens for their editing. Mm. So I suppose that they'll come fairly soon. They'll, they'll probably, the, the Apple Store will go down again. And it, will come it won't again. happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> now, does the Apple Store ever go down and come back and some guy just has their sorry, just push the wrong button? I wonder if that ever no. happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did They did that uh, about six months ago. I think the Apple Store went down for nearly a week or so, didn't it? Oh, right. Oh, naughty. Someone has pushed the wrong button. Now, look, sticking with Apple and while you're there, uh, Warlock, and and for those of those of you who aren't familiar with the show, uh, Warlock is Jason because we've got two Jasons on the on the show tonight, uh, on the show th this week. So we've got, well, you'll get you you'll have to have to decide for yourself the voice differentiation. <laughs> but Warlock, we don't uh, want to confuse you. <laughs> that, that one's Warlock, and the other well, one's well, actually, a great Jason. expense, Glenn. We've brought in a. Uh, uh, interpreter from uh, South Africa to, uh, oh, to help us. Good. I hear they're in uh, great supply over there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now, while you're on that, while you're there, uh, Warlock, you also pulled this story out through the week. Uh, Apple agrees to two-year warranties. Was that was that the one you had, or you had an, you had an Apple story, didn't you? I've replaced that one now because you said you had that one. <laughs> oh, okay. I got another Apple story. Well, you do your Apple story. Alrighty. Uh, a woman was shocked when she received two nude photos of herself by email. Ooh. The photos had been taken over a period of several months without her knowledge Ooh. by the built-in camera on her laptop. Fortunately, the FBI was able to identify a suspect, her high school classmate, a man named Jared Abrahams. The FBI said it found software on Abrahams' computer that allowed him to spy remotely on her and numerous other women. The EyeSight camera was designed to prevent this, said Stephen Checkaway, a computer science professor at John Hopkins and a co-author of the study. Apple went to some amount of effort to make sure the LED would turn on whenever the camera was taking images. The 2008-era Apple products they studied had a hardware interlock between the camera and the light to ensure the camera couldn't turn on without alerting its owner. But Checkaway and his co-author, John Hopkins University graduate student Matthew Brocker, were able to get around this security feature. That's because a modern laptop is actually several different computers in one package. There's more than one chip on your computer. There's a chip on the battery, a chip on the keyboard, a chip on the camera. MacBooks are designed to prevent software running on MacBooks central processing unit from activating the EyeSight camera without turning on the light. But researchers figured out how to reprogram the chip inside the camera known as the microcontroller to defeat this feature. Oh, nasty so work. People like uh, John C. Dvorak have been uh, putting a bit of tape over their uh, camera roll every time they use the laptop. Now, you know, he was right to do it. He the NSA's right. been watching you change your clothes. Well, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? I've often sat around uh, just thinking, I wonder if, like, I'm, I'm looking at a, the, I don't know. I, thought, I thought you were going to say you sat around nude in front of your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing to question. What, what's she doing, like, dancing around naked in front of her well, laptop? Who is watching you? Like, like, maybe even the light, does, yeah, the light's not on, but does that mean that people aren't watching? You never, well, never there was know. a um, story earlier in the year where a uh, university or college had installed software to watch what the students were doing once they took their school laptops home. So they were recording students sleeping in their bed, getting changed. Mm. And uh, they said, oh, this is security to make sure that the kids weren't, you know, doing drugs That's or anything creepy. like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're actually taking photos of them with a the built-in camera and it didn't light up on the camera that they were doing the photos. So people just have a laptop in their room. They're like, oh, okay. It'll just, um, I don't have any programs running. It's just got Windows running, so yeah. I won't worry about it. And then meanwhile, the camera's taking photos and sending it back. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a story last week where yeah. the FBI was um, doing the same thing. It was one of my stories. And yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, they had a paper that, you know, basically said why they did it, how they did it. And there was a, an example of who they were doing it for because of, you know, this guy that was obviously doing the wrong thing. There's many examples you see on the internet of where people have installed security software in their phones and also laptops, MacBook Pros and what have you, so that when it gets stolen, it automatically takes photos and uploads it to a site where you can see photos of the person who stole in your device 
and then you can contact the police and say, this is what the guy looks like. Here's the IP address of the computer. They can trace it back to the ISP where it is. The ISP can find out who's logged into that IP address at the time the photo was taken and they can track them down that way. So it's very, very, um, very certain yeah. that uh, the, your camera can be taking photos of you. So spin mm. it around, face it to the wall or stick a bit, a bit of tape over it, whatever you like, switch mm. the computer off. Well, I've actually, oh, after hearing that story, I did actually get a little, <laughs> I got a little um, a, uh, envelope. And I just bent it in half like that. And there you yep, see, stick it I over. can stick it over. And you don't know what's Where's going on. Where's Glenn gone? Hello, chat roulette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, whoa, there oh, I am. He's on his wrecking there ball. <laughs> yeah, did you see the chat roulette wrecking ball? It was the number one watch video. Fantastic. On yeah, that was hilarious. That's hilarious. That, that was. That's absolutely hilarious. That guy's done a few other things. Uh, but nothing as funny as, as that thing. That was uh, the funniest thing for me. Just was, to see everyone's reactions. Yeah. That was just great. The reactions on people's faces. And, and there was one guy that just looked absolutely horrified, didn't he? He just, <laughs> he just goes, oh, <laughs> he was born. And all the others are singing along. Came yeah. in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. That's right. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, enough of those Apple stories for now. We, I, there are more Apple stories, but look, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to, oh, what else can we talk about? Microsoft. See you in a sec. Yes, as promised, uh, now we are going to talk about Microsoft. Yeah, we covered a little break there from Apple, but uh, Microsoft plans CEO appointment for early 2014. Now, this has been going on for a little while now, and I suppose, yeah, I'm not sure why it's been going on for so long. But anyway, the board members, or a board member leading Microsoft's search for a new chief executive said on Tuesday he expects an appointment to be made early next year, the first time the board has been so specific on timing. Now, there's a few names that have been thrown around in, uh, in the mix. One of them is the, the leader of Ford, the CEO of Ford at the moment, but he's saying he's happy there and his contract hasn't run out until 2015. Uh, there's other people around. And, and why is all this happening? Well, Steve Barmer, who is the present CEO, announced his retirement, in, retirement last August and uh, he gave the company 12 months to find a successor. That's how important this guy is. He <laughs> they had to give 12 months. Or, or really, they gave him 12 months to... Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Uh, now, I think, look, I can go on. That was only a, a short one. So let me go on to this one before we give someone else a go. But Windows... Oh, just, just not that one, Glenn. Um, there's actually a website called nextmicrosoftceo.com and you can uh, jump on there and uh, you can uh, vote for your candidate or who will be the next <laughs> Microsoft CEO. And it's got all little pictures and bios up there. Oh, nice, nice. Is Bill one of them? He's not in the... Not sure. There were rumours he might no. have been coming back. There will be. But I'll put five bucks. <laughs> can you can you um, nominate your own person? Like, um, I don't know, Montgomery Burns, for example. <laughs> or you can't miss candidate. You can suggest a CEO candidate by clicking here. Your request you will go. be added as soon as possible oh. if it is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If it's relevant, they had to put in that caveat, didn't they? <laughs> now, well, what, what else is relevant is Windows RT. We all know and love Windows RT. May go free uh, as Microsoft targets Android. I think this is the best solution for this Windows RT. I think this could work. Uh, I've been critical of RT because it's not compatible with nothing else. And uh, I think this may work. People might find that if it's free, that means that the tablets will be cheaper. Other other makers will, you know, probably get on board, and developers will probably get on board as well. This could be the answer to the to the to the the fa fla failing uh, RT. Microsoft is uh, also considering making the Windows Phone free as well. So yeah, and that's a report that came from The Verge. Now that's, I think that's a good idea, as I said. So, uh, Jace, you're a little bit of a develop. I mean, Warlock. Yeah, I'm getting confused. There's a, yeah, <laughs> there's a, also a bit of a rumor that Nokia is going to be looking into using Android on their low-end phones. So that would be very interesting, considering where Microsoft is. But mm. Microsoft makes money off patents when, whenever somebody makes an Android phone, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, so look, that would be interesting. I think that that's a good, that could be a good move. But you know, I'm not the boss. I'm not the bean counter. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Shane, what what, Hello. what stories have you got for us this week? I'm going to start with a Twitter story. 
Twitter emergency alerts land in Australia. As of today, which might have been a couple of days ago now, the social network will have its Twitter emergency alert system in place for Australia, with around a dozen agencies already signed up. A government agency or emergency services body will send an alert tweet. The tweet uh, is marked with an orange siren to indicate its importance, and uh, those who are subscribed will either get an SMS alert sent straight to their phone or a push notification for Android and iOS users. Uh, right now, there's 13 agencies that have already signed up. They include the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, New South Wales Police, Victoria Police, Queensland Police, West Australian Police, South Australian Police, Australian Government, Travel Advisory, the Department of Health, Fire and Rescue New South Wales, uh, Country Fire Service South Australia, the City of Brisbane, the City of Sydney, the Australian Red Cross. To sign up to their alerts, all you have to do is visit the agency's Twitter alerts page. Mm. Well, that's a good idea. And I think uh, they've got blanket SMS, don't they? They've got the power to just hit your phone with an SMS if you're, say, yeah. within a, a fire area or something. Yeah, so I think they can already do that. But, you know, some people, I don't know, what they you need as many avenues as possible. Like It doesn't cost anything. So, yeah, why not? Why not? Twitter had a bit of a... Um problem uh, during the week they decided to change one of their features for blocking people in that uh, previously if, if if you block somebody else on Twitter they couldn't see anything that you did they couldn't reply to it they couldn't say anything about you and it was completely private from then on but they decided to change their blocking feature so that uh, you wouldn't see anything that they were writing but they could still write to you they could see everything you're doing they could reply yeah. to it and comment on it and uh, there was a huge backlash on Twitter. So within a very short time, they switched it back to the old system again. Right. Well, that was a that was a good waste of uh, energy and resources. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We we don't we didn't ask you what you want. We just roll it out. We're, we're yeah. Facebook. We'll roll it out. Oh, oh, oh okay. No, we'll go back again. Have they, Sorry. Have they, have they got ex politicians in charge over there or something? <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Flip flop, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, cool. Now, Jace, well, uh, Warlock, while you're there, just keep going with another one of yours, and then uh, uh, Jason will will get you to I don't know, pick one out if you like. That little uh, that Apple one up the top might be a good one for you. Yeah. So, uh, do you value your privacy? Well, few Australian websites do. On March 12, 2014, the way Australian organisations have will have to handle online privacy is going to change significantly. Investigated whether their organisations are ready and found in most cases they're nowhere near. The new Australian privacy principles replace the current national privacy principles and the information privacy principles. Oh, they cover organisations with more than $3 million turnover and some others such as healthcare providers including government, Commonwealth and ACT. They'll mandate how these organisations have to deal with sensitive private information collected in the course of their activities. Introduction of privacy principles mean organisations will have to update their privacy policies and risk management protocols. If they combine the principles with the best practices for responding to a data breach, they'll need to have a cultural rethink in the collection, storage, use and dissemination of information which personally identifies customers. Privacy policies need to clearly state how an organisation collects, uses, discloses, transfers and stores such customer information. So hopefully our privacy is going to be a lot better next March. Oh, yeah, well, let's hope so. But uh, look, privacy, although it is legislation, they've got the Privacy Act. So is it, uh, legisl is it legislated that everyone who handles customer data has to have a privacy policy? And if so, who's, who says if that policy adheres correct uh you know correctly to the legislation it all gets too well you'd have to follow the guidelines and it yeah. did say for uh companies with over three million dollar turnout so right turnover okay so just a little joe blow who runs his lemonade stand and collects the should be all right yeah it should be should be cool all right good stuff well i guess on that one glenn i mean fundamentally you do need to adhere to the law so i guess if your policy isn't adequate uh you're not gonna you're gonna have a gaps there in your in your compliance um, the other thing that was covered as part of this and was planned in the updates but still hasn't been ratified through Parliament is around mandatory disclosure laws. So that's something that occurs in the US and that's where we see a lot of these stories come from where there is mandatory disclosure around privacy breaches. So yes, that still okay. hasn't been mandated for Australia and I guess I, that would be certainly very interesting if uh, if, if that does get... 
wasn't ratified that- and passed in passed in parliament it's it's proposed but i think with the change in government um that that piece hasn't uh Hasn't gone through the parliament yeah, yet. We'll find out when Steve leaves his USB key with all the customer details. It's unencrypted on the train. Yes, wasn't there it's something? Lots of- yeah, wasn't there something earlier this year where uh, Telstra was going to host their email server over in Singapore, and then there was concerns, and even I think they might have had to have even change what they were doing because a lot of companies. Uh, Telstra's got their cloud services, you know, like as, as everyone has. Uh, but co- Australian companies couldn't uh, couldn't continue their relationship with Telstra because they were hosting their their cloud services in Singapore, which was uh, which yeah. was, which became a breach of the Australian privacy law yeah. because the data was da- data so- data sovereignty issues you have mm. you have, and certainly for medical records, uh, they can't be stored overseas. And yeah, the government is quite. Uh, yeah, is quite concerned around that and takes quite a lot of interest in that, uh, as do a lot of the regulators like APRA and uh, people like that as to around yeah, yeah. Where, where, they, where customer information is stored, where people's information is stored and uh, overseas yeah. at the moment has quite a lot of focus, um, I guess, with generally uh, a lot of people looking to adopt cloud. Yeah, well, so it should. And I think Microsoft, they're looking at doing their opening their cloud services over here in Australia. Uh, but they've got to open up the, what, Melbourne and Sydney, I think they're opening, uh, because they need to have the redundancy. And they can't just have one in Melbourne, because then the redundancy can't be overseas. So No, because at the moment, if you went and used the Microsoft uh, 365 service, which is their online hosted exchange, uh, that actually is out of Singapore and back up, I think, you know, to the US or somewhere else. So mm. to your point, Glenn, if you want to have it within Australia, uh, you're going to need at least two data centres, which isn't a trivial thing to, to no. set up. Yeah, now uh, Amazon have opened their own data centres in Australia as well, which uh, Microsoft and Apple would be leveraging. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's well, you know, once the data leaves Australia, who knows what's going to happen to it? Another government could... Snoop, they might have different. Well, we've laws. already seen what happens with <laughs> NASA once they stick one of their interception servers inside Google's own network, and then they go, "What the hell? Let's <laughs> yes. encrypt everything now. That'll screw them." Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> but for those concerned, Glenn, uh, where are Aussie TechHeads hosting uh, servers uh, located? Well, the uh, the Sydney. Cu- the customer data, yes, it's in Sydney, and it's all ridgy, dig, true blue, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, but- where's that soundboard? What a segue! There. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when we come back, we're going to have a lot more stories for you, so uh, stay with us. All right, Jace, uh, welcome back. Uh, what Apple story? We, we know you've got an Apple story up your sleeve. Because I put it there. <laughs> what is it? The uh, two-year warranty. We can, we can come back around the two-year warranty. So there's been a lot of discussion around this, and it happened in the EU as well, where there's, I guess, regulatory you know, country warranties in place, and you know, where you're trading in a country, you can't be in conflict with, with, with local law. So there's been some, I guess, debate, discussion with Apple around what it uh, has for uh, its warranties, which were a 12-month manufacturer's warranty. Mm. And really their big thing was there is the upsell of uh, Apple Care, um, which took you out to a three-year hardware warranty. Mm. But by law in Australia... Everything is meant to have a um, uh, two-year two warranty. I mean, that's uh, something that. Well, I think what happens people is, must adhere to. So, yeah, I think what happens here in Australia is that the warranty, you, you know, like twelve months for a piece of hardware and good quality hardware is not enough, because you would expect that that piece of hardware would last you more than twelve months. So what that what I think the ACCC have said is that, and they've actually they've, they've said, okay, well you would expect a phone to last you more than twelve months. You would expect a phone to last you probably two years at least. So that's where we're going to put a mandatory warranty on, and that'll be the two year mark. So I think Apple yeah, the would... reason they're really concerned is because most contracts in Australia for phones are two years. Yes. You don't want your phone running out of warranty halfway through, and they're like, "Well, you got to sign up to a new contract, pay out the old one, get a new phone, or just buy the phone outright." Which you're going to do? Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. So then I think Apple and Apple were advertising and, and pushing that they there was a one year warranty with their stuff, when in actual fact. Uh, they were, there might have been an Apple one-year warranty, but they were obliged to give you a two-year warranty. So if you went back in yep. 18 months, you were within your rights to have the warranty. But they didn't advertise yep. that, and that's where uh, things got a bit... But they don't know. A, a little bit, 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so now everyone's kind of clean on, clean on that and yeah, yeah, so maybe after the ACCC got involved that uh, Apple's agreed to, I guess, communicate that more clearly and uh, ensure that people are, look, are aware of their consumer rights. And it's not just for the iPhones. It also relates to iPods, iMacs, peripherals, iTunes and App Store software. Non-Apple products such as headphones and printers, everything has got a uh, manufacturer's right. Even like, you know, the hard drives you bung in your computer. Well, you know, like say you might only get, uh, say, 12 months or so, well, say you've got to get two years. So say you get your two-year warranty, but then if your hard drive uh, carks it, actually the, the manufacturer of that hard drive, say Seagate, has probably got a three-year warranty. So, you know, if you pulled the hard drive out and sent it back to Seagate, you'd probably get it, get it replaced. You'd lose all your data, but still. Uh, staff, staff at the Apple Store had also been denying customer assistance for faulty, faulty non-Apple products uh, purchased from Apple. So even though the store that you bought something from the store that you buy something from still has to honor the uh the the, the warranty not the, the the two year thing so if you bought something from apple they you can't go in and they they say to you oh yeah that's still under warranty that's within two years but uh, just go just go down to uh victoria and take it back down there send it back yourself uh the store has to look after that and Is that the same for um consumables like batteries well i imagine so if it's got a warranty yeah, if it's under warranty yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure on batteries. That, they, that comes into a funny area. And it's almost like uh, we have cars and things like brake pads where things like normal wear and tear and there's an argument around that come into play. If it's a laptop battery or something like that, then sure, it'll have a one-year warranty. But since none of the Apple ones are removable, that doesn't count. So, Yeah, that's a good point now, isn't it? That's uh, where you've got the uh, uh, MacBook Airs etc that it's really part of the computer isn't it there's it's it's not something that uh is so uh distinguishable now yeah yeah well that's right and i think it's because like with the notebook the batteries on other notebooks then you i think the the warranty is probably less it's probably not the two years but it's only because the uh, one year yeah so because you would expect it to last one year like two years at you know it's probably a bit of a stretch for a battery you know people mistreat them they're charging them up all the time and decharging whatever so yeah so the different componentry but as a whole you just got to look at make sure you know what your rights are and what you can and can't do and 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 she'll be apples but also while we're on the uh, that sort of that sort of subject HP and Google recall 145,000 Chromebook 11 charges. So Google and Hewlett Packard are recalling 145,000 power supply charges for the HP Chromebook 11 in the wake of nine reports of the charges overheating and melting during use. One poor love had a pillow caught on fire. Poor dear. Consumers, I hope she wasn't sleeping on it. Consumers shouldn't immediately stop using. Oh, should consumers should immediately <laughs> stop using no that no, you shouldn't hopefully you get electrocuted before you can take it back <laughs> but, it wouldn't be so bad if it was winter but in summer you don't want it heating up right no nah, that's right yeah. it's, it's hot enough so you should immediately stop using the recall charger and contact google for a free replacement the charger involved in case you want to know in the recall has a six foot long cord with a micro usb connector model mu15 hash dash 91052 aos and was manufactured in good old chinatown well that would make it easy to identify because there's not many things made in china so uh that would be the standout to <laughs> that's on right. it, wouldn't it that's right yes exactly all right uh shane where are you what, you got a story I do. I might. I was going to do them in order, but no, I'm going to mix them up a bit. I am going to do the Facebook story. All right. What have they been up to? Right. Facebook have um, been doing some crafty stuff. Decided against a a Facebook post. Yep, they recorded that. That's the title of the the story. Basically what it is is a newspaper – a new paper shows the social media king is keeping track of every time you write something and then not post it. Studying the habits of 3.9 million English-speaking Facebook users, the paper shows that 71% will leave part of their posts on the cutting room floor or just not post it at all. People with more boundaries and and males – are more likely, uh, more are the more likely groups to have a last-minute retraction. Self self censorship is the term used in the paper, written by Facebook software engineer 
intern Suvik Das and Facebook data scientist Adam Kramer. So what are you saying? That the stuff that you don't post, the stuff that you type that doesn't get posted is still recorded? Yes. Yeah, if you don't hit submit or post this, then uh, it'll still be in. Because when you when you go click on another <laughs> page or another link or something, it'll say, are you sure you want to leave this? You've got something typed there and you go leave, then they'll store it in their server yeah, as right. partially reading. You don't get to re resume it like a draft or something. They just want to keep a copy of it to see what you're up to. The, the story goes on to say we were talking about before. Why on the story oh. does go on to say that the paper stopped short of saying Facebook records what you type, but confirms that when self censorship takes place, it is recorded into a system of metrics and metadata. Yeah, right. And uh, look, we we've got a question here from the lounge from Milo. What happens to it when you delete it? Or oh, I don't think anything happens. I think Facebook still got it. Because you can request a history of your conversations over your lifetime and you'll get them on a CD or something. I'm even, not sure if that Even the deleted stuff yeah. in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah, I think Facebook still have it. It's just not visible on the mm. web anymore. But why on earth would they be wanting to re record? I, I can understand why they want to record, but keep um, data that doesn't actually go anywhere. Oh, what's that noise? Okay. But anyway... Well, we won't worry about it. Could be I the think it might be e Eric joining us. All right. Then. Well, it could be. Well, we're going to find out exactly what that noise was, and we're going to find out if Eric is back. I think he might be, but we'll talk to Eric after the break. So we'll be back soon. <coughs> All right. Now, if you want to join us more regularly, you can join us down the iTunes or download us video on the YouTube. That's <laughs> uh, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. Uh, and also, look, if you're into the tech uh, shows and you want to ha get more into your ears, you can go aussietechradio.com. There's a, a whole list of tech podcasts on there, and they're most of them from Australia and New Zealand, and they will delight you to no end. So there's instructions on the page. You can download them and listen to them through the Shoutcast app on your phone or just listen to it off the web browser. So that's at aussietechradio.com. Com. So go and check that out. Also, if you want uh, the news every whatever in your Twitter stream, if you're a really big Twitter head, you can follow at Aussie Tech News, and that'll just dump in about three or four stories every half an hour, the breaking stories of the minute. So, yeah, you'll be kept up to date. And also, if you want to sit back and read a bit of a like paper on a little iPad paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper. Go and check that one out. Renders nicely to an iPad. Very nice indeed. And uh, yeah, it's got not just tech stories, but it's got uh, uh, movies, uh, whatever. You know, science, business, politics, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, but just heaps of tech stuff, obviously, as well. All right. Now, did we find Eric while we were away on, on, out there? Eric, hello. You did. You did. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. Just um, turn down a little bit, please. <laughs> now it's turning down a bit. Just a tiny what? bit. What? I can't yeah. hear anymore. Can't win. All right, oh, how's that's, that? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, the dulcet tones of John Laws. Of, of whoever you were. Who were you Hello, calling? world. Yes, now, Hello, Eric, world. thanks for joining us on the Christmas episode. How you been? Yes, I had to. I had to just to butt in and just push everyone out of the way to get my seat at the table. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so, uh, so... What do you think of the government's view on the new NBN? <laughs> I haven't read anything about it because I knew you'd ask me that question, so no comment. <laughs> so the NBN, as far as I know, is <laughs> still chugging along, uh, but not very well. It's uh, fibre to the node. It's, um, yeah. No broadband network. Fibre to the next suburb. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you. Fibre to the neighbour. <laughs> fibre to New Zealand. Now, who's, yeah, got yeah. The, <laughs> who's got the story about the copper wiring? I have. Not me. Who was that? Who, well, go, whoever that Dang. was, go and, and tell us about copper wiring, please. I, I can't wait. In the US, next generation DSL pumps one gigabit through copper phone lines. DSL uses, uh, like the current generation DSL uses 25 to 1104 kilohertz and voice um, uses between 30 hertz and 4 hertz. So how basically DSL works and goes over a copper phone line is that um, it splits the the range or the frequency range that voice travels versus data, and that's how kind of it works behind the. That's how the magic works. Um, the limits of the current standard DSL 
uh, is just to 100 megabits um, over a bandwidth of 30 megahertz. And I was surprised actually that um, the current DSL can actually pump it out at 100 megabits. Um, but it goes on to say that, yeah, you won't get an ISP that will actually give you those, those speeds, even though technically apparently it is possible. Mm. Although I guess you have to be living right next door to the exchange. Although then we'll kind of prove that that wasn't relevant either. Uh, the new technology, I think it goes by the marketing name of GFAST, uses a much larger 106 megahertz section of bandwidth to deliver speeds up to one gigabit, um, the same as Google Fiber. Its upper frequency range overlaps with FM radio spectrum. So one of the problems with it is that it overlaps the FM radio spectrum, which can cause interference. Plus, its wide frequency range generates a large amount of crosstalk between the bundled wires themselves. Like DSL2, before it's like the, the, the current technology, um, ISPs could potentially cut the maximum available speed of GFAST in half to just 500 megabits, um, and it would still be five times quicker than its predecessor or it, it, you know, the current D DSL. The GFAST standard is expected to be finalised sometime next year and could begin rolling out um, in the US by the start of 2016. Yes. And the only major drawback to that is it can only do it over a maximum of 250 metres. So, right. wow. Well, that no, could, never mentioned that. Completely well, that could, useless. Well, that could still go fibre to the node. And would that, would that, would that then, uh, could they then implement that? Who knows? It, it gets too complicated. But, uh, but, but look, <laughs> things are... To it on this show. <laughs> That's right, we'll pass all the complicated stuff. We're talking all night. <laughs> uh, look, so things are changing all the time, you know. Remember back when you had the dial-up modems, you know, you're going, geez, is this the fastest we can go? But then all of a sudden come DSL, you go, wow, is this the fastest we can go? Then, oh, then comes ADSL too. You go, wow, is this the fastest we can go? And then more stuff comes like uh, VDSL. GFast. Yeah, GFast. Yeah, VDSL, GFast. Yeah, and so, all that. Yeah, it uh, it's okay. Our copper wire doesn't cope as well, which is why they he was mentioning that uh, you would have to cut it in half at least. But with all the crosstalk and the quality of our copper plus the very short distances at the moment, um, there's a lot of people who are just not that close to any exchange or anything like that. So it would cost a lot of money to roll out the fibre to within 250 metres. If you're going that far, mm. why not go a little bit further, you know? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Look, uh, everyone's interested in saving the planet. And plans have been unveiled. Who said? Who said that? Except for Australia, we don't need that great barrier reef thing. You know. Who's saving the planet? Who's doing that? Oh, the Greens. They're trying right. to save okay. the planet. Lo love them. <laughs> Get him started now. <laughs> now, the plans for the universal laptop charger have been unveiled. The International Electro... Electro I can't even say that word. The International Electrotechnical Commission, which is the IEC, that's easier, noted that billions... Of external charges are shipped globally, and they are too. They, I've got heaps here, though. I don't even know what they fit. I've got to tag them, you know? Waste of time, aren't we? Anyway, and, and the vast majority aren't used across different laptops. So we all know the problem, and it looks like the plans have been unveiled to have a fix. So good on us. Good on those clever boffins. Uh, to which yes. Mode. Yeah, so apparently, yeah, yeah there was... Kudos. Similar, a similar thing happened with uh, the mobile phone chargers in 2011. Most mobile phone... Uh, shipped in the EU, <coughs> uh, excuse me, now conform to the uh, to the uh, similar proposal. The IEC International Standard for the Universal Charger for the Mobile Phone has been widely adopted by the mobile phone industry, and it's hoped that uh, this laptop one will be as well. Now, you know what's next, though. What's that? You know what's next. We're all going to have to drive the same car. Probably a Toyota. And fill up at, and fill up at the same petrol station. Is yeah. it an Audi or a Kia? That's all I want to know. Audi, it's won't a Merc. Be a Holden. Oh, yeah, it won't be a Holden. It's not going to be a Holden. Or Toyota. I could, well, I, well, I thought it was a Camry. Ford. I could actually... With Amy Lewis from the news on the CD player. I could see Eric in a in a little Datsun Sunbird. I think no, <laughs> I, had a, I had a Datsun 180B. Oh, was, uh, yeah, nice. When I was... Uh, I had a 200B, I win. You win. How old was I? I can't even remember how old I was. Was it a 180B? Could have been. I don't know. Uh, My first was a Mazda 808. What's that? Eight, eight, 800cc engine. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled it. Oh, oh yeah. no. When you were 15? Rolled it when I was 17 on a dirt road. Oh, jeez. You must have been going all right. Yeah. Must have been. <laughs> Get the I think you had something. Be I think you probably had something between your legs of the liquid nature. <laughs> it got uh, featured on 
uh, Darren Hinch's teenage car accidents. And they had all the cars there. Mum and Dad go, your car was on Darren Hinch. Your car was on Darren Hinch. How did, how did he introduce the segment? And uh, just watch this idiot shame, roll his shame, car. Shame, 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 shame. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good old Hinchy. Good on him. Um, all right. So, look, we've got a few more stories to go. Uh, not too many more. But I'm sure we'll get through them. And uh, we're going to get through them after this. All right, as promised, we are going for more stories. Now, but first, before we do, uh, let's go. Eric, what's been have you gotten? Did you bring any stories tonight, or are you just happy to continue to chip in? As I'm happy to listen to my learned colleagues. All right, and, and uh, there's no, there's no new, you haven't got any new tech this year. Are you, are you buying any Christmas presents? Any iPhone 5s um, or anything like that? No, no. Uh, well, I, I'm gonna, I think I'll surprise my middle daughter with a 5C, oh, not nice. a 5s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's because she starts high school next year, so that'll be her Christmas. Yeah, popular thing. Yeah. She obviously doesn't listen to the podcast then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, I hope not. No. <laughs> or else I've just. Or else I'll be. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, no good. No, I haven't. I haven't bought any tech of late. I don't really need anything. Hmm. Well, I've bought a couple of little little oh, gadgety type things lately that I'm going to hopefully try and review. Uh, but have you unpacked up. them? Have you taken them out of the box, Glenn? I haven't got them yet. But they'll oh, sit right. them. Okay. Look, I've still so got no, a... you haven't. You haven't taken them out of the box. Yet. I've still got a PC in the cupboard I've had for three years. I, I know. <laughs> you got to you got to give him a re- every time you order something. You go, oh, I've got to get this thing. I saw it. I think, oh, check a look at this, and then he'll get it, and he's like, where is it? Where is it? Bloody hell, it's taken so long. And he gets it, and it sits on the floor for six weeks. <laughs> Somebody get rid of his eBay account. <laughs> I bought. He's just hanging out to get this thing, and then, and he stresses out that it's not taken. Two only, it's taken three weeks, and then when he gets it, he waits another six weeks to open it. Well, I bought a camera, a video camera, at an auction about four years ago, and it's still in the cupboard. I've never even seen it. There's <laughs> probably even no point opening it up now. Four years ago, I know. what's that about? What, five hundred kilobyte camera? Oh, I, don't know. I think it's a tape. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How's that CD Half playing? Half a megapixel. Going? Half a megapixel. Yeah. I've, I've still got that Altair I haven't unpacked. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out for that. All right. Well, um, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, what else are we gonna do? Um, have you done the uh, Have you done the Apple uh, um, Mac, the Mac Pro? Yeah. Did the done? Apple? Did the warranty? Oh, look, yeah. here's something. No, no, not the warranty, the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro, have you done that one? Yeah, yes. did that. But look, we might okay. um, go, uh, Jason, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up this week? Um, oh, I just had uh, one small little thing which came through the Twitterverse around around our friends at, uh, at, at Google where uh, we had back in the early 2000s where they had uh, Don't Be Evil. And a couple of years ago, you know what? Evil's really hard to define. And we <laughs> move forward to this year where... We now build military robots. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Don't so, be evil. So well they, done, Google. They've got a secret barge off the off the coast of the US somewhere. No one knows. Well, what's it's meant to be that. a party barge. Oh, they might be getting rid of that. Entertaining they, they don't have permits to have it in the um, in the water in, in there. The water. Wouldn't you so, think uh, they might be they might be having to get rid of them? But wouldn't you think they they'd be across that? Like Google. Oh, look, have. Google can pretty much do We're what they Google. want. We're yeah. Google. We do know Google. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We do know the, Google. The barge yeah. can just be its own country. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> International waters, own currency. <laughs> yeah. The, fir- the first uh, site they host would be like Pirate Bay or something. You can't touch us. International waters. That, that moved. That's right. That moved to uh, some strange country. It was closed down for a bit, the, the old Pirate Bay. Now it moved. Uh, oh, where's he gone now? Oh, I can't remember. I did see the story, but I can't remember. But I think it's still- One of them came to Australia. It'll be some African nation somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, ISO Hunt came to yeah. Australia, but it wasn't actually ISO Hunt. Uh, it was a yeah. copy of Nobody's ISO. Hunt. heard anything about it since then. It was just, hey, it came to Australia. Yep. Yeah, I think that was well, it. Came as ISO Hunt to from memory. So I don't know. To where's to? Oh, I don't know. Tonga Island, Tonga or something. Yeah, Tonga Island. Tonga, yeah, yeah that's okay. probably right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, here's something that might interest you, Eric. If are you into the Beatles? No, oh, hate them. <laughs> Think they're overrated, but continue. <laughs> the uh, digital compilation includes. Oh, this is the Beatles are releasing rarities. 
uh, and they're releasing backstage unseen. Well, a good song. They're releasing a good song, are they? That's a rarity. <laughs> they're releasing these because uh, they're afraid that some of these will fall out of copyright and thus fall into the public domain, which they don't want. Now, the digital compilation includes BBC sessions, four alternative takes of She Loves You, and five of Taste of Honey. Never heard of that song. Taste, that must have been a good one. Uh, EU law protects recordings for 70 years, but only if they get official release. Otherwise, the copyright period lasts 50 years. In the case of the Beatles, that means the master tape, the 1963 album debut, Please Please Me, is protected until 2033, but the unreleased session tapes for that album are not. There you go. If the Beatles chose not to release the recordings before the end of the year, it would mean that other record labels could theoretically put them out and profit from them. Now, the collection is expected to reach iTunes next week, just in time for Christmas. Hello, hello. Um, and interesting, Can't wait. Interestingly uh, enough, Bob Dylan's record label rushed out 100 copies. 100. That massive, massive amount of an album last year containing early TV performances alongside multiple versions of Blown in the Wind and Bob Dylan's Dream and I Shall Be Free. Officially called the 50th Anniversary Collection, it carried, carried a subtitle which explained its true purpose, the Copyright Extension Collection Volume 1. So, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Well, there's heaps more to that story. If you want to know more about that story or any of the other stories, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast and uh, link round to the show notes. Uh, Shane, did you... And for those interested, Glenn, Ascension Island... Uh is what you were thinking of. So the Pirate Bay in December 2013 changed its domain to .ac for Ascension Island following the seizure of the .sx domain. Well, there you go. There you go. We're up to speed now. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Shane, have you got any more that you need to enlighten us with this week? Uh, yeah, I have got I've got two more, but if we've only got time for one, I'm going to do the Google Glass story. Oh, it's Christmas, Shane. We're doing them all. <laughs> All right, okay, cool. Oh, anyway, Google Glass just made winking the creepiest way to creep shot. Oh, nice. This is a story about um, Google announced a bunch of glass updates today, um, which could have been the other day. The most interesting of which is Wink, a setting that lets you snap a picture simply by winking. Google is also investigating the use of Wink uh, with payments and online purchases. And um, along with the update, the other things that the update bunch or yeah bunch included was the ability to lock the screen, um, Hangouts, uploading to YouTube, uh, music and an iOS app, which has like a little caveat on it that says that that's still about a week away. Oh, well, um, prediction, baby boom. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Shane, finish off with your, with your next story then as well while you're there, please. All right, no worries. The other one that I was going to do to finish up is Amazon can take away your digital books and movies whenever it wants to. I think this is um, does the rounds and pops up every now and again, but this refers it's to been... um, this story referred to a Boing Boing article in which they recount an issue um, that an Amazon customer had with losing content. Amazon then later advised that the incident was due to a fault with the catalogue and, and it was subsequently fixed. Um, but they did point out that the Amazon T's and C's state, per our conditions of use, which state in part Amazon.co.uk and its affiliates reserve the right to refuse service, terminate accounts, remove or edit content or cancel orders at their sole discretion. In 2011, the US Supreme Court ruling that that in 2011 there was a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that determined that you can't actually own any of the software or apps you might buy online but can't physically hold. When you buy something from Amazon or iTunes or whomever, you're not buying the content itself. You're buying a license to use it, one, <clears throat> one with terms that are strictly regulated by whichever studio or recording artist made it and by whichever company distributed it. This is why not only can you not resell a Kindle book, you can have it legally removed from your device at any time. Well, I think the uh, moral of that story is that if you download something, burn it to a CD. Like, remove the DRM and put it onto a CD or something, like for future keep, for, for keepsake. Uh, does anyone here do that? Uh, does anyone... or? I no, I've got backups on, on hard drives of it, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. On, so uh, you know, off off site and uh, on a on a on a NAS. Yeah. So you're not the cloud and streaming stuff they can take away from you if you've downloaded an AVI. They can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because what I don't. But if it's still got the DRM on it, doesn't it still have to then talk to the mothership to make sure that it's a legit copy before it plays through the player? Not if you crack the DRM. Yeah, you remove the DRM yeah. from it if you can. But look, another thing that uh, annoys me is that, you know, you buy some software and you get to the, the shopping cart, you get right at the end of the cart and it says, oh, do you want to buy download protection for $15? And you go, what's this download protection rubbish? And it's like, so um, if, if, the, if your thing doesn't download, well, then you're able to access the download link an, another few times for like 30 days or something. Like, what a crop. Yeah, you have seen like, that. I didn't know. Extended Save warranty. Buy now, buy now. Extended warranty. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is, isn't it? That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. But why would like, uh, please. But yeah, look, I'm, I, look I think that if, you, if you're buying content on iTunes or whatever, yeah, I think you should be able to back it. Even if you do back it up with uh, DRM, Oh, no, that's probably not going to work if they're going to cancel. No, it no, you can store. back it up with DRM on it. If you if your computer gets swiped or something, or they, yeah. you know, you speak like, oh, just up back upload it. But you don't need mm. to do that on iTunes anymore anyway, because it's all up in there. Yeah, but it's the only cloud. if Apple decide not to continue with that service with that with that particular yeah. file on their servers, well, then you're screwed, aren't you? But anyway, so yeah, well, that's happened before with like Microsoft DRM for their um, instant play stuff. Uh, once they decided they weren't doing that anymore, uh, you couldn't access any of your stuff anymore. Yeah, see, that's that's, that's rubbish. That is rubbish. But anyway, uh, look, I think I'm just about done. Everything I wanted to speak about this week. Uh, so, look, we're gonna we're gonna find some last little stories if we can, and we're gonna come back and wrap it up. All right, let's wrap this puppy up, eh? The Christmas episode. Has anyone got any more stories before we? Sure. Uh, Say goodbye. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Jace. Uh Warlock, you've got a, quite a few, I think. <laughs> you've got a few. Well, I had two, but uh, Shane had one of them, so I'll do the Australian top Google searches. Two celebrity deaths and a royal birth dominated Australian Google searches this year. The late actor Paul Walker was the year's top trending search, the company said on Wednesday. Royal Baby was the third most popular Google search in Australia this year. 40-year-old star of Fast and Furious movies died in late November when the sports car he was riding in smashed into a tree. Another showbiz death, that of actor Corey Monteith, propelled the Glee star to the second top trending search of the year. He died from a drug overdose on July 13, age 31. In a welcome break from the morbid top two, Royal Baby was the year's third top trending search. Prince George, the son of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, arrived in July nine days after Monteith's death. The iPhone 5S, Apple's flagship smartphone, released in September, placed fourth, while North Korea was fifth. The list doesn't provide Google's most search terms, which include Facebook and YouTube, and they change little year on year anyway. Rather, the list contains the terms that have experienced the largest increase in search volume over the year. RFS, the acronym for the Royal Fire Service, was the sixth most popular search, spurred by bushfires which ravaged parts of New South Wales in September and October. The AEC, Australian Electoral Commission, placed seventh as Google users turned to the search engine to find out how to vote in the September election. Yeah, right. Interesting. And I suppose as the year draws to a close, there's going to be a lot more of those lists come out. Like, uh, yeah, just wait for the YouTube lists and uh, whatever else. Well, I, did, I did find one little last little one here. Uh, Windows Phone 8.1 is to get a Siri clone. Uh, the next version of the Windows Phone might have its own Siri-like voice-activated personal assistant called... Cortana. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I tell you what, you can always the, rely on... Uh, based on the character from Halo. You can always rely on Microsoft to come up with some great naming conventions. Cor- when you're playing Halo, there's a... Um, I think it's a computer wristwatch uh, that is a bit like Siri you can talk to in Halo, and it, her name is Cortana, so they're going... It's codenamed it for the Microsoft... Uh, Siri-like thing, but it might not end up being called Cortana. It's just a code name at the moment. Yeah. Maybe called Bill. <laughs> Bill? Bob. Microsoft Bob. He's back again. Oh, oh no. What are those little characters? Bring back in Clippy. Clippy. That's it. <laughs> the, uh, Microsoft had reportedly been working on its own voice assistant for months and will integrate the new features into the upcoming Windows 8.1, Windows Phone 8.1 update. And that's again according to the Verge that they get, they get dig deep, don't they? The Verge. Yeah, and to go with that. Oh, uh, okay. What's it now? Is... Nine, 
19th of December. Let's see how long it takes them to come out with it. <laughs> it's expected that Microsoft will preview Windows Phone 8.1 its developer at its developer conference in April. Yeah. More to go with that. Uh, they've just announced news that uh, Yahoo is working on their own Siri-like uh, systems as well. They're not making it for themselves, but they're going to uh, license it from another company. Mm. Yeah, from uh, Apple. Not that anyone cares, but <laughs> did anyone hear if Yahoo email got back online? <laughs> No one who uses Yahoo. I don't know. Last week there was a story that Yahoo email was offline for what three days or something. No one cared, but no that, one noticed. But that's insane. Yeah, business, business as usual. It affected Flickr as well. <laughs> Carry on business as usual. No one was affected because no one used it. Oh. Obviously, the Yahoo staff don't use it either. Yes, well, I bet you they don't. Yeah, probably not. Uh, okay, uh, last call for any stories. Any stories, anyone? Are we done? We good? We going, finished. Going. That's it. Good. Last call. Done. All right. Sold. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's another year is coming to a close. And, and so Santa comes in less than a week. I can't wait. I've got my big sack out ready for him to fill it up. So I can't <laughs> wait for that. <laughs> And there goes that clean tag. Uh, well, you know, he, he comes and he puts lots of presents in, so I can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, so I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and I uh, hope Santa does bring you everything that you wish. And don't forget that the Aussie Tech Heads will be producing a podcast, maybe not next Thursday, but there hopefully will be one uh, each week at some stage or other. So just keep your iPod subscribed or your iTunes subscribed and uh, just keep listening out. Uh, for that, okay? And, um, yeah, that's about all I can say about that. So, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Jason, Warlock, uh, everyone. Merry <laughs> uh, Eric Christmas, and one and all. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas to you too and everyone else. Thank you. And I think uh, everyone is coming back next year. Jace, uh, Warlock's on three weeks leave. And I think everyone should be back. Will's babysitting tonight, for those of you who miss Will. He's... Uh, I think his internet's working, but he's actually doing the... He's got some babysitting duties tonight. So, uh, hi, Will. Hope it's going well. <laughs> Hope it's not yeah. t tearing your hair out too much. Uh, yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. So, that's episode 372. So, we'll be back at some stage. Maybe not live in the lounge for the next two episodes, but uh, coming back uh, first Thursday in January. When is that? That will be the 7th. The 7th of January. We'll, we'll be back to uh, Thursday night live, aussietechs.com.au forward slash live. All right, until then, Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, yeah, all the best. Bye-bye.